0: Well, it is just me, your pal, Brian. Welcome. Thanks for checking out the Ski Bum Podcast. It's been a hot minute since we released an episode. And for that, we do apologize. It's been a little bit hectic. If you are following us on the socials, which you can do at Ski Bum Podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Untap. Mario and I actually were together in person doing a little skiing up in New Hampshire, which we will have a couple of review episodes the next two episodes after this one. But we wanted to make sure we got this one released because we had this interview just before we went up skiing and it was with our pal Clark and his business partner, Chris, and they started a company called Private Cats, P-R-I-V-A-T-C-A-T-Z, privatecats.com, based out of Colorado. They're just west of Denver. Their uh, Jones Pass is where they they do this. They actually built out a custom uh, snowcat. It's actually a Polaris Ranger. We get into all the details of it. It's enclosed. It's got a ski snowboard rack in the back. You give them the money. They flatbed this thing right to the trailhead. You'd go out. You can go cat skiing for the day out at Jones Pass. Really cool product. We think you're going to dig it. So... Get ready for that interview. But first, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skeebumpodcast.com. Like I mentioned before, go to your favorite social media apps. Check us out, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, untapped, at ski Podcast. Send us an email, ski podcast at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube. I think it's at ski bump podcast. It's Got some funky URL. So put our name in, you'll find it. Or go to the website, link it over there. Big, big thank you to our sponsor, Terracia. And a big shout out to Mike and Shannon, who we saw when we were up there, up at Waterville Valley, up in New Hampshire last week. It was a great time. We got to ski with them. Chatting, beautiful weather. Waterville Valley, awesome. And again, another future podcast episode. We'll be talking about that. But Terracia, check them out. Terracia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. They have premium cold weather solutions. Their mission is to create best-in-class apparel, that can be worn in any cold temperature environment designed with thoughtful features and fit and always providing the optimum level of performance for whatever you are doing. They also fully believe in the idea that good products can always be made better and strive to constantly improve, refine, and optimize all facets of their products. So if you go to their website, Terracia.com, and use the code bum one word, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M, you will get 15% off. I'm usually rocking the yellow sorrel jacket, which is their shell, which I love. Their stuff is dynamite. It goes toe-to-toe with all the big, expensive brands. Check them out. You'll love it. Thank you so much, Teresia. We're not having an app right today. We're not having a ski news. We'll get back to it next week. Now, we'll go right into the main topic, our chat with Clark and Chris from Private Cab. We have two very special guests this week everybody loves cat skiing and imagine you were so passionate that you decided to go out and start your own cat skiing company. That's what these gentlemen who I'm speaking with today did. And they're going to tell you all about it and how you can get the goods with them. We have Mr. Clark Nash, Mr. Chris Whiteneck from privatecats.com, P r i v a t e c a t z P R I V a T E C a T Z.com. Gentlemen, Thank you for joining and welcome.
1: Thanks for having us, yeah, man. It's good to be me. on with you.
0: Absolute pleasure, man. I know, Clark, last time we talked, yeah, you were talking about your, um, your backcountry classes that you were running. That was probably, what, a like year year and change uh, ago?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was October yeah. 2021 that we were chatting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know you're always, you're moving and shaking, you're growing, evolving, changing. Yeah. Um, so tell us about this new venture, Private Cats.
1: Well, uh, my partner and I, Chris, uh, are avid backcountry skiers, as you know um, about me. And last year when I was doing the backcountry instruction and sled ski um, kind of assisted shuttle service for for backcountry skiing, um, I was approached by many people. Hey, could we rent your snowmobile? Could we rent it? You know, this was great. And of course, I didn't want them to rent my snowmobile because it's mine. <laughs> um, and we started skiing a lot over our Jones Pass um, last year, particularly um, would come down from our day and Chris, my, uh, my, my business partner would be just enamored by this UTV that had snow tracks on it. And it was with the guided cat service out there. And we knew they were charging us just a shit ton of money to even, you know, get in there. Um, so, you know, over the course of the fall, we started to discuss this idea that perhaps we could do, a snowmobile rental service. And that kind of whittled away because we got to the main point of what we really wanted to be doing, which was providing affordable skiing to people in a mechanized fashion. And what better way to do that than to recreate what we saw at Jones Pass, um, but in a self-guided way uh, so that you don't have to pay six, seven, $800 a person in a seat to go cat skiing. You can go, if you have backcountry knowledge yourself, for much less at this point, you know, if you fill out six people in our cat, you're looking at $170 a person to go ski as many laps as you want.
0: So take us through how, so, so you rent your snow cat to people so they can go out at Jones pass and go ski. Is that, is that kind of the concept?
2: Yeah. Like, and I don't know where we broke up last time, but essentially this is for individuals who are proficient in backcountry travel, um, who know how to you know, navigate and route find in the backcountry, but want to take a, a break from the skin track. You know, they, they want to get a day where you know, Chris and I are talking about this, not a lot of people that, that backcountry ski are snowmobilers. So they're not going to be inclined to really have any experience with a snowmobile or really want to go buy a snowmobile and deal with that two-stroke motor oil smell and all that kind of stuff and loud noises. That might not be their jam. I get that. Um, but with a four-stroke enclosed heated cat that travels upwards to forty miles an hour as opposed to five miles an hour, you know, um that's a that's a bit more palatable. Uh, it kind of opens
0: up here. your access to the goods
2: a lot faster. Yeah, it does in a very like non-aggressive way. Yeah. So that's that I mean that's really the big issue here is that you you're you know, you, you want to give people the opportunity to take a break from that skin track but not have to go full bore into a whole nother sport like snowmobiling <laughs> to understand to, to, to be able to access it like if they can move a wheel and put their foot on a pedal like they did when they got to the this railhead in the car, <laughs> and they can drive this
0: so did you so do you guys take them out is that an option as well or is it you just no you show up and what sort of knowledge like do you have some sort of like i mean i'm sure you have Knowing your background, I'm sure you have some sort of disclaimer, some, you know, some information you have to fill out in order to be able to do this. Yeah.
2: And Chris, you chime in anytime you want. I just, I feel like I'm talking so much, but I, you know, it's, it's no different than if you go and rent backcountry equipment from a local sporting goods store or a snowmobile and you say, Hey, we're going to go like, they know you're going to be riding somewhere that's in the backcountry. You're not going to go to a resort and ride a snowmobile. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that means David Lesch. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you 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 would do that in the sense that like, yeah, you need to sign these waivers, assume the risk that you're in the backcountry and you're making your decisions. You're you're guiding yourself. Now, if we were up there and they were relying on our knowledge, that's totally different. But they're not. This is self-guided. You need to you need to know what you're doing. But for that knowledge, you're getting a supreme discount. So <laughs> Yeah, I think those who don't I, have their backcountry knowledge, go ahead, Chris. Sorry.
3: No, I think I think we're private cats comes in. It's bridging this gap, right? So you have people who are taking to the backcountry, country, especially lately since COVID. I mean, it's, it's just, it's blowing up. I and mean, there's a lot of people out there now and who knows who's actually has the knowledge or not, or who's just following people with the knowledge. Either way, you have only three options as I see it. One is to skin your way up. The second is to rent a snowmobile. And again, riding a snowmobile, <laughs> you, you have to get good at riding what we call Canadian, you know, side by side. And if you want to bring a third person, you can tow them, but there's a lot of issues with that. the wear and tear on the machine, the difficulty of actually towing that third person up a steep incline that uh, may not be um, a cat track per se, especially out in some of the areas that we ski. It's just you're boondocking in the powder, so that's not even an option until you set a track. And in order to get six people out skiing, it's a minimum of two machines, if not three. And then only half the people are skiing down that first run. And what it leads to is People just getting more into snowmobiling than actually the skiing portion of it. And it's not, you don't get as many runs. You just don't. And with this cat, and then the third option would be to obviously take a guided tour with the cat service, which, as you know, is astronomically priced. And if you do have the backcountry knowledge, this is just like bridging this gap here. It was an opportunity we saw. And yes, we did get the idea from. Backcountry skiing at Jones Pass and taking a look at their, their vehicles as well as Vail Pass. They're actually renting the vehicles without, basically without ski racks, without advertising that you could potentially put your skis in the back and use this to, to lap up there at the Vail Pass. But they're not doing, no one's advertising this. And we just find it to be a very unique way for people with the knowledge to rent a vehicle, bring up friends, take them out and Enjoy a day in the backcountry, getting more laps and not not having these two stroke motors just zipping around the mountain all day. Not to mention snowmobiles just get stuck. You know, that everybody wants to go off the trail. Everybody wants to (laughs) to to go explore. And then that turns into an hour or two of digging the machine out. And it's happened to us time and time again. We've gotten good at it. But with the cat, you're sticking to a track. Of course you can go off here and there. You don't want to find yourself in too deep a powder or you will get stuck but to have six people in a warm cabin just kind of chatting about the last round on their way up to their next it's uh it's just an experience that you can't really get outside of cat with a guided you know a guided tour
0: so tell us what what kind of vehicle are we talking about here and I, I was look i'm on the website i'm looking at the pictures for someone who's just listening and and wants to kind of understand so snowmobile we all know what those look like got the little skis in the front got the big motor in the back So this is actually like a, what exactly is this vehicle?
3: Well, uh, this is a Polaris Ranger Crew. And the Crew stands for the, you know, um, it's a six-person vehicle. Basically, it has two bench rows, so you can fit six in there. This is something that you might see uh, potentially on a farm or at a business that, uh, especially in a snowy area that or an outdoor mountainous area that you would need to I'm not actually sure what they use them for, to be honest. <laughs> people, I've seen
0: plenty of them at ski resorts, people just like cruising around in them.
3: Sure. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and with this snow truck technology that's been getting better over the years, um I mean, it's the utility vehicle basically. You know, it has a cab in the back or a bed in the back. You can store backpacks or whatever it is you would be needing to store back there. Um, but it, it lends itself to what we're doing. I mean, it, it, had, it has just enough storage to get six people's uh, backpacks and skis. We built a ski rack for it that, to be honest, is actually pretty sweet. Um,
0: I'm looking at out- the picture on the site. It, it's like if you're a skier or snowboarder, it's like what your dream off-road vehicle is. That's like attainable. Yeah, I, I
2: heard Mario wanted to have like a, uh, you know, like a rolling bar at the steel. So you know, maybe we could incorporate his dream idea <laughs> in our next iteration. We'll call it we'll call it uh, Mario's World or
0: something. There you go. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, but it's basically a utility vehicle that I, you see this a lot in the Midwest. People throwing snow tracks on them and taking them down the trail, but I, I just haven't seen many people out there using them for backcountry skiing. And if you find yourself by a mountain pass that has trails that are already groomed for you which is usually done by um, a cat service that would be operating on national forest land then you can take advantage of that trail and use our vehicle to get six people up instead of three vehicles to get six people up
0: yeah so i'm looking at i I guess describing to people it's almost like you had a a regular snowcat a pickup truck and an atv combined
2: exactly yeah yeah, this is a utv so if you see you know, being from the south, they have these on a lot of farms. They're like the the Kawasaki mules, but this is the Polaris Ranger. So it's it's yeah, it's the same UTV. You just throw snow tracks on it and close it. Put it put your heat in there, and then like Chris said, you fabricate a pretty sweet ski rack, and yeah, you're ready to roll. I mean, we we had to do a couple of things with like we put two winches on there just in case the front and back winch, or you know, forty five hundred pound and a six thousand pound. Um, But like I said, it's very easy, and the the turn radius on this is remarkable. Um, Chris and I were taking them up to the upper bowl of Jones, which is like if you go up the track, you're going down the bowl. (laughs) It's like (laughs) they stay on the track, and we had to back it down. And you get to these little spots, and you can turn it. It's like, wow, this thing, like, it really eats into that turn. It gets you around. It's almost like a pivot. Um, Nice. Yeah, I've been really amazed with this uh, maneuverability.
0: So do you guys have just one of these at this point?
2: Right. Yeah, one. we started with one. Um, initially, we started at a Buff Pass, um, but we did not uh, do all of our homework with the uh, OECD permitting there because we were so accustomed to just riding and seeing them there, and that's not our fault. I mean. But we'll have it ready for next year to do early season at Buffalo Pass. Um, and then um, Jones Pass is just a good mainstay. It has snow until night. And nice. it's really you know about three lines it's awesome being from January on so.
0: so if so let's let's talk to our, our customers here what do we have to do if you're a customer and you want to check this out, what sort of knowledge do you have to have going going into using your service
2: uh well, I mean I would say that you If it's you that's driving the machine or or you're going to get skiing in any backcountry setting, you need to be comfortable with your level of knowledge. I'm not saying that having an Area 1 or or not is the key, but you need to have competency in snow safety, competency in route making, um, and really understanding and considering where others are relative to your position. All of these things um, are taught in Area 1, but they're also accumulated through years of backcountry travel you know so i'm not saying there's like a matrix that people need to fall into but they need to have a baseline level of backcountry uh, knowledge and snow safety instruction because like i said no one this is the backcountry no one's mitigating these hills no one's blowing avalanches for them no one's saying this is good to go this is not good to go that's on you so if you are getting to our site and you're like well, what do I do once I get it? How do I know where to ski? I don't think this is for you. That's not to say that it can't be one day. But if that's the question you're asking yourself, maybe it's time to go get an instruction <laughs> and then come back. You know, it's like the reward will be once you acquire that knowledge, you get a severely reduced rate at cas, And I think that's a pretty good incentive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So not for beginners. Um, right. What is the process like so say you go on, you sign up, you get your buddies, they show up at the trailhead. What's the experience like?
2: Chris, you want to handle that?
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: it's fairly simple. Once you've made your booking, we'll meet you at the trailhead and give you a tutorial on the vehicle. Obviously, it's it's extremely simple to drive, uh, no different than a car, but there are little little things that we like to make everyone aware of. You know, there are cabin doors that are, they're just not built to the same quality as a traditional vehicle door and they're, uh, operating the vehicle itself. You know, it needs to continuously be a four wheel drive setting, which we will take everybody through and make sure they understand that. Um, and really I think the most important part is just being mindful on the trail. You are sharing this trail with, with skinners and snowshoers, snowmobilers. And oftentimes the the, uh, the cat services themselves and and as you know, these large snow cats uh, they take up pretty much the entire trail, so you, you need to be aware of that um, you need to keep tabs and especially because they they could not only be working on the trails and grooming them for the recreator but they're most likely uh, Guiding as well. And you just want to steer clear of the guide service, you know, give them the space they need. They are providing a safe experience for people who most likely don't have the backcountry knowledge, and that's why they're utilizing their service. So you just want to be mindful of that, uh, even though the vehicle, you know, can reach uh, speeds that, well, to be honest, it's a lot slower in a snowmobile. So the safety <laughs> factor is there. Um, but you just, you need to be mindful. You can't be zipping by people. And I would say anytime you see a Skinner who looks like they're out of breath, you know, give them a ride up, try to be friendly. It's, uh, I mean, I spent the last week, uh, pulling out a a sled from 300 feet down this little gully. No way he would have gotten that out until spring or hiring someone to do it for him. You know, it's, uh, again, if you can help and and be kind and courteous on the hill, those are things that we're going to try to, Try to push you towards prior to you pressing on the gas pedal and taking off for your day of skiing.
0: Yeah, it, you want that it, good it, karma in the backcountry too.
3: You really do. I mean, we're not out there, you know, the, on the snowmobile with the speeds that you can obtain. You know, a lot of times um, you just you, you get a lot of people out there who are just they're just snowblind. They're just literally staring straight ahead, only paying attention to what the, they're doing and not anybody else. And we're not really encouraging that. This isn't for um, going out and tearing up the trails this is literally a way to get six people up that are like minded with backcountry ski knowledge that are respectful um, and and allow them to get more runs than they potentially could with a cat service or on a snowmobile or skiing on their own
0: It's a beautiful thing so all right so say uh you've booked your service you guys show up I'm guessing you trailer this thing in what like yeah, how, what what is the time like? Do you get a like a full day, like a eight to three? Like, what is the what do you get for your nine hundred ninety five bucks that you get for renting yeah, this?
2: It's it's all day. I mean, you get you need to be there at like eight thirty. So you get you know after the instructional, which takes like ten fifteen minutes, you're off, and then you need to be back by. You know, as the spring gives us more light, it can be further in the day. But right now, it's three three thirty. And then it'll be 4, 4.30, you know. But, I mean, what's really going to be cool is to see this thing in the spring, like late spring, when we have daylight till 6. Yeah. You can go ski all day, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So. So, from where I'll you guys,
0: like, do you guys have a, um, like, a map for folks? Like, a certain, like, hey, you might want to go, you know, two miles this way or a mile and a half in and then over here, this is like, this is an ideal bowl to jump into or like, do you guys have any, any well, guidance? Yeah we,
2: can't, yeah, we can't guide. We're not guiding. So we can't offer information or advice that they would rely on. Um, but what we can do is uh we tell, we tell them like, stay on the trail. And once you, you stay on that trail, you will see different zones all over and the trails lead up to the top of the bowl. You drop your people, you need to go back down to the bottom of the bowl and pick them up. Um, Or you go all the way down to the bottom of the tree line run and pick them up, however, they want to link up their runs. But, um, you know, if you're, again, if you're confident in backcountry travel, this is something that you should be able to take care of prior to you stepping foot on this railhead. Because if I'm going into a zone to ski and I don't know it, I'm going to map it beforehand. I mean, I'm going to do my best to understand it. Yeah, we we can't we can't give them that kind of information It's that guys self guided. You gotta kind of okay.
3: It's a bit of a gray area when it comes to the rentals. It's you you don't want to provide information that could lead to somebody injuring themselves, and there are plenty of apps and knowledgeable people on the. On the slopes that can that can guide you if you haven't been there before. Um, you know we recommend Trucks, which is yeah. a great GPS map, and you just literally place your phone on the dash there. It will it'll show it very similar to a ski resort. And there's also if you were to Google Jones Pass guides or any other backcountry service that's operated there in the past, you know, you would find maps that you could use to navigate
2: um at least yeah there's there's front range schemo like that's a really popular website uh what is it front range schemo
0: okay
2: yeah that's a really popular site that tells you about all the backcountry areas around the front range that have been sort of like popular zones and like where to go and you know um there are like like Chris was saying. There are other guidebooks. I've not seen a guidebook specific to Jones. Um, but yeah, you can piece together information. For
0: sure. Is that something you could be putting together over the summer for next fall?
2: Maybe, <laughs> maybe. perhaps we have to. Yeah, we have to. We, we have to get on our permits for next year, though. Dude, that stuff starts in the summer, and then we've got. Um, you know, we have a summer business as well, so um which is wake surfing.
0: Nice. So how has it been like when did you guys officially launch the site?
2: Chris was it like in uh December?
0: I believe it.
3: Yeah, I believe it was December 1 or late late November. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 new. Um you know again we had started out with the idea of renting snowmobiles for backcountry skiing and then quickly shifted just after kind of seeing an opportunity here, not many people were doing it. Lots of people were renting snowmobiles, and we feel we felt like, well, for a backcountry skier, again, this is just a slightly well, it's a different option. You know, it's something that, that most people have never done before. We, we had never done before, um, and it made sense. So yeah, it started in December, and and we are you know just getting going basically.
0: When did you guys first get the idea?
2: It was when or where?
0: When did you get the idea? I
2: mean, Kirk, I, would you say last year? Or, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it know. was. It was last year, but potentially the
3: year before. I mean, we Clark and I. Yeah. Since I've met Clark, you know, he we've been backcountry skiing together and talking about different business ideas, something we could do that would involve skiing, obviously, because we're both passionate about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think it, two years ago is when I first saw. A UTV with cat tracks. I had never actually seen one operate before, and I was just curious, extremely curious, um, <laughs> to know if it could be used for backcountry skiing. And <laughs> up at Vale Pass, and in the town of uh, Frisco, they they rent these machines again, not really advertising for to the back ski or backcountry skiing community, but it just made complete sense with the ski rack. This thing could be it could be perfect. Um, and so yeah, it's I guess, just, I mean, it's amazing
2: how few people can actually afford to go cat skiing. And then I don't know if you've ever been cat skiing, but it is to somebody who knows how to ride upper level terrain, whether you have backcountry knowledge or not. Like, I mean, essentially when you're in that guided op, you're at a, you're at a mini, mini resort, you're at the guide's resort. You know, they're mitigating for you through their knowledge. They may not be blowing stuff up, but they're telling you because they know don't go there or going here. So like, you're not worried. You're just skiing, you're ripping, but they're telling you how to do it. Right. They're telling you where to do it. They're telling you when to do it and you're <laughs> doing it with people. You don't even know. And it's <laughs> I pay, You're paying $800 for that. I mean it, it, the most annoying thing in the world is when they say after you paid them $800, don't ski too far away from that powder line right there. And the reason they tell you that is because they want to save the powder for the next clients they have. Yeah, and it's just like, well, what? this isn't unique to me. It's just about getting my money and helping me out.
0: Pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. yeah, this seems almost like it's it's like the, uh, like the the boss level of backcountry powder yeah. hunting.
2: Yeah, yeah, man. It's like, well, we don't have helicopters around out yet. No, so.
0: yeah <laughs> private drone kind of picks you up and drops oh, you off gosh. Oh, we talked about that
2: uh, that's uh <laughs> yeah dude. give it five years right yeah <laughs> jetpack kids, my kids will be operating private drones. there you go yes yeah, <laughs> so, <it'll> be ideal
0: <laughs> give it time mm-hmm. so this sounds um very cool how has business been so far i know it's always tough launching a new business what have you guys been doing to uh to get the word out it's uh t-
2: yeah, Chris, you go ahead,
3: man. It's been tough in, initially. I mean, again, any new idea, especially when you're operating right next to a cat service that does groom the trail, they have the permit for the national forest. And in turn, they are responsible for main, you know, creating and maintaining the trails for backcountry recreators and, you know, moving into their territory, um, it's been a little difficult. We're trying to create good relationships with these people, let them understand that we are not guiding uh, and that <laughs> um, we respect the mountain as well. And what they're doing, obviously we couldn't be, there. but business is tough. You know, the, mar- the marketing of this has been not quite sure. We're not, we haven't quite found our groove yet. So there's obviously a lot of platforms that we're looking into and some of the pricing on that is a little astronomical and, as of now, it's more of like a grassroots or guerrilla marketing program. We've spent, I mean, I'm skiing today, and, you know, any chance I get, I do bring up this this company we started with anybody on the mountain. And I, even at Jones Pass, we've we've picked up Skinners. We've used Facebook and Instagram, and now we're looking at different publications. And we had an article written about us in this steamboat. Um, I believe it was What was the name of the, the paper that?
2: Uh, uh, steamboat Pilot.
3: A steamboat pilot. So we're nice, working yeah. towards it. You know, it's 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 slow. Um, I think it's something that we, we knew would be an issue, but we wanted to get the company up and running first because we did not want anyone to tell us no or get any guff <laughs> from people before we started it. We figured asking for forgiveness later and trying to make friends with anybody that w- wasn't keen on our idea um, would be a better idea than say asking for permission and having a bunch of people tell us no and then doing it. So,
0: and uh, worst case you guys have a ranger that you can go and take out and go, go jet skiing. Yes. And that's, so you win every way. (laughs) Yeah,
3: We do. You know, we're about to run a promotion here to get people interested. I, I, I know that when you first see the prize thousand dollars, you know, it might, it might uh, put you off a bit because let's face it. I mean, if you're not, if you're not in a dual income household and making decent money, skiing is a very expensive sport and it's, we're not, we are not trying to get rich here. We are literally trying to provide people with an an affordable experience. So I think once that word gets out and we've, we've found a groove with some sort of marketing campaign, uh, you know, maybe people will catch on. It'll become busy. I mean, it'd be nice be nice if towards the end of the season, we start getting bookings. But this new promotion that we're running is um, we're going to have a, a couple questions that or well, a question that can be answered on Facebook. And if it's answered correctly, then you'll get a 60 percent discount. And then the second Whoa. question will come out and you'll get a 50 percent discount. We'll work our way up to uh, to the price that we hope to, uh, to keep. And if that doesn't work, then we'll reevaluate. But for now or starting next week, we are going to run a promotion. So it'll be three ninety nine for the day. No different than a typical uh, one-day rental at nine ninety-five. So, we will see if this works. Maybe it'll help get the word out. (laughs) I think when enough people hear about us, it should start. The word should start to spread on its own, hopefully.
0: Yeah, you guys should also too. Like, just uh, you guys could post like some like mockery pictures, like you know the the pictures of like the price tag of like a lift ticket at Breckenridge or something, or the lift lines at Vail. Be like. You could have avoided all this, you know,
2: I know, I know. Like
0: stuff like that would probably be good. And also on your website, put it like a, uh, one of those comparison images where it shows like price of cat skiing and show like, you know, like one of the first price, then show like number of runs, you know, terrain that you can only ski in this lane versus, you know, what private cats offers. We offer this price and you can have this many people, which equals this per person and this many runs. And at the bottom line, No, like price per run, you know, 12 bucks per run versus going to resort doing the cat skiing and it's, you know, 160 bucks per run.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The one, the one issue we run into though with marketing is that like Chris was saying earlier, a lot of those people who do traditional cat services wouldn't be savvy in backcountry instruction. So, you know what I'm saying? So like they, they, they wouldn't necessarily be someone we'd be comfortable having our machine out. With, so we've had to really walk a fine line between blasting this at the, at the resorts, just like showing up at a resort and being like, look, here it is.
0: Hop in. Let's go. Right, yeah. right. Like, I really want <laughs> to
2: do that. But the other, you know, the other consideration is, well, our end client or our end user is somebody that's not necessarily that person. You know, there may be an earthed pass above Winter Park or there may be down at, um, you know, Silverton skiing for the weekend that requires you to check for beacons, you know, so everybody there sees backcountry um, or maybe they're a Jones Pass or maybe they're at a backcountry meetup or something like that. So it's been it's been a little difficult kind of honing in on that particular demographic, even though we know who they are. It's like, where are they?
0: Yeah, it's almost like you got to kind of like blast everyone, but then kind of like whittle it down.
2: Maybe that's right. Yeah, yeah maybe, you know?
0: maybe. So. Get the word yeah. out, and then be like, "All right, maybe this isn't for you, but we have." I mean, are you guys doing any sort of guiding anymore? Or are you just strictly doing no. this?
2: No, and I think what we could do is honestly work with guide services, uh, like, well, not or even no, like,
0: pa- yeah, pass it off to someone else. Be like, "Hey, these guys want to; these guys would be perfect for your service." So, kind of right. extending that olive branch. Leave
2: that service. Come back and see us come in come a year. Back to us, yeah. So yeah. I was thinking maybe we do something like that, but you know, um, as Chris was mentioning, some of these guys, like you got to approach it in a way that's conciliatory and somewhat like deferential almost because they expect Mm -hmm. it.
0: Yeah. You kind of have to grease, grease the hinges of progress, right? Like (laughs) kind of, you know, I'm I'm from Jersey. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay the VIG in a way, right?
2: Yeah, that's (laughs) right.
1: Right.
0: Well, I mean, again, maybe I'm the target market, but like something like this, just for me, sounds incredible, especially if you can get five other buddies together. I mean, what, 170, 180 bucks a person if you break it down? Yeah,
2: it's 170. It's like, what was it, Chris? Like 168.
0: Yeah, yep, right around there.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that really is, I, again, you could, what, what's a lift ticket at Vale now? 230,
2: 240? I mean, yeah, you get your Epic It's your ridiculous. Epic pass or your icon pass for a, a
0: sewer for a thousand i think now yeah but say you went to the window and to go buy well, a, I mean, a lift it. ticket
3: all right a single day lift ticket for steamboat on a on a weekend is 269 dollars. that's i mean you you can either buy it it. It, it, it's not it's just not it's not palatable it's it's gotten ridiculous oh my um, god and everybody wants their money up front now nowadays you know what these season passes but it's just you know, what about somebody?
2: Who that's what it is. The or... season pass has has really allowed for us not to look at these prices so crazily. It's like, well, yeah, it's two sixty nine. Just get your pass. Yeah, that was the marketing scheme.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean Breckenridge is like a seems like a bargain at. Well, actually no, it's two forty five for one day. But if you buy it online, two thirty one. So that's a steal.
2: That <laughs> is a steal right there. Yeah, oh, that's Jersey wheeling and dealing right there. Oof.
0: It's funny. Yeah. I know there was an article that came out in Ski Mag. I think it was a week or two ago, and they were saying that um, Arizona Snow Bowl, they're doing that uh, kind of, I guess, peak pricing. Is that what they're calling it? So based on demand, they kind of raise and lower yeah. the prices. Three hundred and nine dollars to ski at Arizona Snow We'll Talk
2: about that! I think on one episode, right? Like yeah, the asses these assholes can get to like cut through. It's like they're you know at Disneyland or something.
0: Yeah, the, the they fast, pass. fast pass. Yeah, yes, yeah, snowbird. I think snowbird, um, that's the powder resource. They're the ones who have that fast pass. Um, maybe Mount Bachelor. Um, forget which one in uh Colorado has it. Maybe copper. Yeah, somebody does. Those, yeah, is that know. the powder collective? Yeah, P O W D R. Those okay. guys. Um, yeah, they're the when ones did... who
2: have that but then there's the indie pass too and the indie pass is like that's i see that more and more like bluebird backcountry works with indie pass i think
0: bluebird oh yeah they just added them this year
2: which is pretty cool yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah, we just uh we had doug fish on the guy who created indie pass a couple months ago and they're really i mean they've got a lot of resorts on there now i mean for 200 and 269 i think it was which you bought it early on you get two days at any of the res- any of the resorts that are part of it i mean wow. it's it's a monster deal
2: yeah that is pretty good man i wonder if loveland would ever get on that because loveland's like that's they're kind of you know they're an independent pass
0: yeah yeah i'm looking at powder's website it looks like resort. eldora and copper are both part of it but i don't think eldora does the fast pass
2: oh okay yeah yeah did your uh, your sister would you should uh, you should come out with your sister and y'all should come do the cat.
0: I would love that yeah she actually just got a concussion a all day. she just got a concussion jumping off something last weekend so she's trying oh. to recover
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I don't no. know what she jumped off right. of I, don't, I I mean you've seen her ski she's okay I wouldn't be you know launching off stuff if I was her but you know I'm not her <laughs> yeah it could have been
2: bad influences you know telling her to do crazy shit
0: yeah, she's uh the guy she's dating is a pretty uh like badass gear. So uh That's probably
2: what it was then. There you go. Man, oh, try
0: yeah, to impress him. You know, you know how it is. We've all done some dumb stuff for the ladies. Oh, yeah. definitely guilty as charged. <laughs>
2: guilty as charged.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right guys. Um anything else you wanna share and um where can people find some more info?
2: Well, we are um we're at Private Cats on the uh socials, so um uh, Facebook and Instagram. And private um, cats
0: with a Z at the
2: end. With right, a Z right. With a Z. That's right. And then privatecats.com is our website with a Z. Um and look out for our promotional coming on Facebook, Instagram. Um it'll be a unique back answer question for someone who's savvy enough to answer and then they'll get the golden ticket to ski at a sixty percent reduction.
0: That's a killer deal. You'd be foolish yeah. not to do this. Yeah, I know clark chris thank you so much for for coming on and chatting and yeah hopefully we can get out there and and hop in that cat that'd be a lot of fun
2: absolutely hey man it'd be our pleasure to have you out dude it'd be a fun, fun time yeah come awesome. on out Brian.
0: all right thank you so much privatecats.com check them out thank you guys so much thank you so much for listening we do appreciate it check us out ski send us an email ski Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Untapped YouTube, at Ski bump Podcast. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. Thank you again so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.